0: the gift we are given to be mothers and women on this in this world is just the most beautiful calling there is and so if you're at home feeling like you're drowning in laundry and the dishes and you can't give your children the energy and the time that they need and you're like how is another person doing all of this you know don't sell yourself short the biggest most Magnificent role and thing that we can do in this life is to mother our children.
1: I'm Amy. And I'm
2: Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing
1: firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Shannon, I am such a fan of yours. I've been following you for years and I've seen your family grow and now move. I've seen you in the throes of your nursing job and now in the throes of being an entrepreneur and launching your own course. So thank you so much for taking the time from your very, very full schedule to be with us today.
0: Oh, you guys, I feel so grateful to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast as well, and I'm just really excited to talk today.
2: Awesome. Well, Shannon, we like to get started right away. So tell us a little bit more about what makes you, you. Sure. Um, That's kind of a loaded question. (laughs) So, I think,
0: you know, I have always dreamed of being two things, and that's a mom and a nurse. From a very young age, I knew I wanted to be a mom. I was like the little girl who would babysit for free, and I just would steal babies at church, and I just always was attracted to kids. I just knew I wanted to have my own kids and maybe work with kids, and so Then I fell in love with the idea of being a nurse and knew again that I wanted to be working with kids. And so now a decade later, I've been a pediatric ER nurse for 10 years, and I've been a mom to my kids for almost 10 years. And it has just been the most beautiful blessing in my life to see those two and how they kind of intertwine together and just make me who I am and gift me this like unique experience that I don't think a lot of people get.
1: Oh, I love that. And you know, those of us that love following you, we can definitely see that shine through that you're living your passions. But before we go any further, I have to ask you about this Hawaii move, because I feel like it is something that people dream about. And you guys actually did it. So to paint the picture for people that aren't familiar with you guys yet, you, your husband, Ryan, and your four children, packed up, moved from Utah where you had a ton of family around, something like 15 little cousins that they had to play with, and you moved to Hawaii. I would love to hear why you and Ryan felt called to do that. And and did you ever during that time second guess the decision?
0: Oh my goodness, yes. There was like I mean, a million and one reasons not to move. We were just, we lived in a small town with my family, my sisters and my mom. And every Sunday dinner, we were together. We we worked out in the morning. The cousins played and went to school together with their, um, together. And then we just were together all of the time, pretty much as close as a family can get. And me and Ryan both just felt very strongly that there needed to be a change and we didn't want to Admit it to each other, but we both felt it and we just prayed and prayed and like did all the things that we needed to, to try to make that decision for our family. And ultimately we just thought we need to move somewhere and be on our own. And Hawaii, we, we visited there before, and it just was like painted on our hearts ever since. And we just wanted to go back to Hawaii, but the move was terrifying. And it's like, how in the world do you do that? You know, like Again, like people dream of this and talk about this but like how do you actually move a family to Hawaii there were so many variables and we just ended up literally selling everything we owned the the house the cars the, the all the things all the things and we packed eight suitcases and we got on a plane and we came over to a completely unfurnished house over here and we and we that we had looked for for like six months and we went into our house and we called it home and now we've made it a home and it's just been like oh my gosh the most beautiful rewarding emotional experience of our life but as much as we miss our family we know it is the best thing that we we could have ever done because of how close we've gotten
2: eight suitcases i have no idea how you could fit your whole life into eight suitcases (laughs) And you talked a little bit about all the people you left behind and then starting this new life. So how did you build that new network of friends?
0: Yeah, I mean, a huge part of it is the church I belong to. You are, we have them all over the world and you're immediately plugged into that church. You go there and I had friends. I had friends the first we got here on a Saturday, I went to church on Sunday, and I had, you know, 10 friends. And then we have like this mom workout group that they go to. And then we have a beach day every week. And you just slowly start to network and find different people. And now I, I have the best friends I've ever made in my whole life. Like, I mean, obviously, besides my sister and my mom and my family, but like, the most incredible people I have ever met are on this island. And it's just been it's been really life-changing for us to be a part of this.
1: That's so amazing. I get the sense from you and from Ryan. Are you you guys pretty outgoing people? Like, do you find it easier to network?
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, Ryan, definitely. He's like a little social (laughs) butterfly that we'll make friends with. I mean, we go in a gas station and he's like, getting that person's number and like, let's, you know, go golfing or whatever. So he just makes friends wherever he goes. I am more of a, I mean, I find like my people and I love them good. And I, you know, give all my energy to them, but I have had to learn to like branch out and I'm not really like a, I I have, I would have five friends, not 30 friends, you know? And so this has kind of made me like I am going to just open my heart up and meet all sorts of different types of people and connect with whoever. And so it's been really, it's been really cool. But I think, yes, we are outgoing, but we still, maybe I'm a little bit more um, introverted than a lot of people think would think.
1: Yeah. Cause you sh- you show up with that huge, bright, shiny smile and I feel like you're just <laughs> like a friend to everyone. I mean it. Um, That's so sweet. So we're going to kind of switch gears here, and this feels like a a serious shift in the conversation, but I was listening to you on another podcast. It's called Not Your Mother's Podcast. And to give our listeners a little bit of context, and you mentioned it, but you were a nurse in the emergency department for many years. Um, And on that podcast, you talked about uh, how you saw sexual abuse now, mm-hmm. as a mom, that like completely breaks my heart and I find it to be unimaginable, but I know it's important for us to all realize it is a current day issue. Um, can you kind of speak to how that changed the way you mother and, and the way that you trust people with your children?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, sexual abuse obviously is a super heavy topic for anybody. Um, sexual abuse along with so many other things that I saw in the emergency department are just gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching to, to see as a mother, um, but truly have changed how I mother. And I say that because seeing things like sexual abuse, so real and raw as it's happening while you're sitting with the mother who's just like broken and just, weeping over what happened to their child and you're like man this was at a a sleepover of a friend that she's known for for 10 years you know and and these very like real things happen to these real people and so you go back into your home and you're like you're not ignorant to anything anymore the way that I approach life is much differently I look at life as such a gift and time is such a gift, and And I don't want to waste any of it. Now we do, we all do. And I do too. So you have to give yourself grace, but I think that that this world is truly what we make of it. And so my little kids at home, you can, you cannot you cannot control really anything as a mom and the older your kids get, the more you understand that, but you can't control anything, but you can be prepared. You can do so much as a mom to prevent tragic things from happening to your kids and talking about sexual abuse, I do that in my home. So my kids from a very young age know all about their body parts. They know everything and they know what it's for and why God made them this way and what they should protect and what's special to them. They know boundaries and what people should see or what people should not see, what people should touch and not touch, who can do it, who needs to be there, all that sort of stuff. And I think that that is a really, easy way for all of us mothers to try to prevent things like like sexual abuse happening but I remember going to this conference and hearing this person um, that has done a whole bunch of research on things like sexual abuse and say really the biggest hugest way we can prevent this in our home is having a loving relationship with our children like a true connection with our children that is actually how we prevent so much of this bad, bad stuff, like sexual abuse happening. And it just kind of sat in my heart so well, because I was like, yes, like at the end of the day, if they're home with me, they've went, I've went through all the hundreds little lessons about their bodies and, you know, all those boundaries. But at the end of the day, if they know how safe and loved they are with me in my home, they're going to be okay. Because if anything happens, they're going to talk to me. They're going to know that they don't ever need anything like that because they find so much security in their home. Does that make sense? So it's definitely changed how I mother my kids, for sure.
1: Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And thank you so much for sharing so openly about a topic that doesn't get nearly enough attention. You have kids that are a little bit older than Abby and I. Our oldest is about three. But when I heard you talk on that podcast, I right away implemented just simply talking to my sons i've always been able to say the word penis because i'm like that's what the body part is called i think as a nurse too i'm just like this is you know what it's called but just giving telling them you know only mom and dad should be changing your diapers or the teachers at school and just kind of setting that up where that is a conversation that happens so they know what is normal and what is inappropriate So as you said, it's never too young to start that. Is that what you would say to our um, listeners?
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. My, when you're doing diaper
0: changes, it's like, yes, exactly that. You know, mommy, this is your private, this is your private part. We're going to hurry and wipe you. I'm wiping you to wipe all your pee or your poop off. And then we're going to shut your diaper and, you know, keep it safe or whatever. And they, they know from a young age and they know what it's called, you know, if, They're touching it or whatever. Yep, that's your penis. Like it's normal for them to touch it. You don't have to shame them for wanting to like play with it because that's what kids do. And yep, that's your penis. That's your bum. That's your whatever you want to call things. You know, that's your own education and intuition on what you want to say. But there are very correct terms. And that's so important because when something happens to a child, then the child oftentimes needs to explain exactly what it is. And 90 something percent of kids cannot do that and without proof and without very, like, uh, detailed descriptions, oftentimes those people that abuse the child get away with it because they have no proof of what actually happened.
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, and I know on that episode something that you said was that you wouldn't be allowing your kids to have sleepovers. And when I heard that, I was wondering if that meant, like, ever. Um, Because I think something you talk a lot about is intuition and listening to your gut and being able to trust people and being able to trust yourself um, as the parent. I know our kids and your kids are still pretty young, so I totally understand being protective. Um, And I know we have to protect them right now, but how do we foster independence? Because for most of us, our children are someday going to leave the house. And, you know, I'm just thinking of these little girls and little boys going off to college and like, how do they learn how to trust themselves in their own judgment of people?
0: Yes, for us, we don't do sleepovers. And of course, there's like, you know, five to 10 families I would more than trust with my children overnight. And you know that we all have them beyond like a sister or or a brother, like they they truly do become family and you know that they love our kids just like we do and we trust them so much. The problem with that is that if you allow even sleepovers with them, then why can't they go sleep at so-and-so's house? Because they can sleep at their house, but not their house, and that's when it gets a little tricky to parents and to explain to children. Because we want our children to not be judgmental and to not assume the worst or you know things like that. So for our family, we just do sleepovers at Grandma and Grandpa's house and then at at the specific cousins' houses that are super close to us. But other than that, we just don't do sleepovers, and that's something that we've decided. Um, from my experience, really, honestly, just working and seeing terrible things happen at sleepovers, but I think having that discussion, just very open with your children, like mom and dad are here to protect you as best as we can, and these are some things that we've decided helps keep you safe. As you grow up, you're going to make your own decisions on how to stay safe, but right now, we make those decisions because you are a child, and so we're going to do this, and we're going to help you make those decisions as you grow up, but kind of like having that conversation with them, like we're doing this to help keep you safe. And then they slowly began to like, oh, okay, so I get that. Now I'm gonna start making decisions to keep myself safe too.
2: And I love how you explain that, Shannon. I'm thinking in my mind about the own dialogue that I wanna start having with my kids because I'm looking at you two as nurses and we don't have these conversations as easily as you do. So you teach them so much, not only about this, but you are also their homeschool teacher. So I am so interested in this. I know it wasn't something that you were necessarily planning on doing. But again, you felt your intuition really pulling you to do it. So can you talk a little bit more about what made you call to homeschooling? And also, it sounds like this is going to – it's going pretty well. Like, is it going actually pretty well? Yes. like
0: way better than I had anticipated. My oldest daughter had asked me – we had a fantastic public school experience. It wasn't anything against public school. My children love school. They have so many friends. But my oldest daughter just is a homebody, and she just loves to be with me. And so she just thought, Mom – can you homeschool us next year? Like maybe we go to school a little bit, but we also want to be home. And, and it was always in my mind because I love being with my children. I think of all the time throughout the day that they're, they're under the influence of somebody else. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I could have them so much more. And I think again, like what I've seen in the ER and just what time is to me, like I just feel like I'm in such a sweet spot of parenthood and motherhood that I don't want to give any of it away. I just want to be with them. It is not right for everybody. And I totally believe that. It wasn't right for me two years ago, but right now it is what my heart was telling me was right for me. And so I listened to it. It was scary because I I am like, I just launched this huge business and I have, you know, my Instagram community that takes so much. um, Not, they don't take it from me. I freely give my energy and my love to them and, so I just feel like I had a lot going on and, it, and I had a million excuses not to do it. But again, my gut was just telling me to. And honestly, you guys, oh my gosh, it has been such a gift to me and my children. There's so much, so much that is not perfect about it. But the positive things that happen in, the, in our home because they are home all day together, just, oh my goodness, outweigh the bad by a million. It's just been such a great experience for us.
1: Girl, your love overfloweth. I am just like in awe of everything that you are loving on so many people. Um let me just say I watched your homeschool highlight on your Instagram and I'm absolutely positive that your daughter knows the states better than I know the United States. So
0: I was she for sure knows it better than I know it. She like she's memorized nearly the entire map beyond Africa. Like she has every country on the world map memorized. And I would have never known that she had that talent unless I would have homeschooled her. Does that make sense? Like at school, you just like, you send them to school and you check off the boxes and they're doing great. But like seeing her in my home and seeing my 6 year olds what they actually are really good at, I'm like, oh my gosh, but this is amazing. I never would have known that you could literally memorize all the countries in the world If you wouldn't have been given that chance to be home and look at a world map all day, you know, like it's really, it's really been so cool.
1: It's awesome because you're in a position where you're going to be able to cultivate that for them and, and let them really lean into what they're good at. But I know that one of the biggest questions that you get is about their socialization. So can you speak to that concern and how you keep your girls well connected?
0: Like again, I think we make a really big effort to get out of the house and to go with other people. I I definitely connect more with the moms that have children my children's age because it gives them an opportunity to play and interact. And so we're a part of a couple different homeschool groups. We go when we feel like going, we stay when we don't, but they do get out with church friends a lot. And with, um, I have them in different extracurricular activities, like surf and piano and um, gymnastics and basketball and volleyball and different things where they make friends. But the honest truth is I want them to learn how to socialize from me and my husband. And I don't want their peers at school to be teaching them what that should look like. And so having them home and having them around us all the time and see how we interact with other people is truly a great gift to a child if, if you're interacting appropriately I guess
1: I was just going to say I respect the heck out of you guys and and I think I've heard you say if if the girls were like listen mom I want to go back to public school like that is something that you would be willing to do again
0: totally totally if any minute they wanted to go back to public school I would absolutely honor that request no problem it's just really working out for all of us right now but we'll see I guess we'll see
2: Well, and just using your intuition, you're so good with all of that throughout this conversation, just throughout everything that you've put out into the world. But switching subjects, I'm sitting here. I'm talking to two registered nurses, two women that have been trained to handle emergencies. And I can't help but think that that must provide a whole bunch of peace of mind when things happen. I know in my own life, like my daughter, for instance, she had six stitches in her lip. And I looked at her when it first happened, Shannon, and I had no idea if I should even bring her to the doctor because I wasn't trained in knowing when to seek medical attention and when we can just do something at home. And really not knowing what to do brought so much lack of confidence that I know you and Amy both have just from your training. So I'm so proud of what you're doing with your course. I actually went through the entire course this weekend because <laughs> it was just, it was incredible. Like every single part of it, I'm like, I need more. I need to learn about this piece. I, I want more information here. And when I took it, I just learned things that I had no idea I was even doing wrong. So say it plainly, taking a temperature. I'd been doing it wrong for years. I had no idea about ear infections, like how many ways you can actually tell if a kid has an ear infection. And even made my husband watch it because he has a history of several different just ear surgeries, and he was so interested to hear your take on it. So another part of it, our second child is allergic. So our son, who has the same birthday as your youngest, Jack, he's allergic to both eggs and dairy. And although it's better now, navigating the whole allergy system was so difficult. And if I would have known your rule of two from the start, I think I would have been just, I would have felt safer the whole time using the EpiPen and just understanding when to use it, when not to use it, when I should actually get scared. So this is a course that I'm pretty sure if I would have had it as a baby shower gift before our first baby came, I would have been just as prepared as you and Amy are. But many women aren't registered nurses. So can you tell us a little bit more about your course and really your why behind that course?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, you're so oh, sweet. Thank you for diving into that. I think it truly is one of the greatest gifts a mother can have, a new mother, a mother, Because we are given these babies that we love so much and that we can all relate to. It's the kind of love that we feel for our babies. The other thing that we can relate to is the anxiety and the fear and the worry that that kind of love brings a mom's heart. You know, we worry so much about because the decisions are all on us a lot of the time. When you bring a brand new baby home from the hospital, Mm -hmm. nobody can do what to do if they hit their head or if they fall out of their crib, if they roll over and you find them blue, if they choke on their breast milk, if they have a seizure or a fever, nobody teaches you that kind of stuff. And it is it causes moms so much anxiety and, you know, laying awake at night, Googling at 2 a.m. because we don't have those answers. And that's not something that I feel good about in my heart. Just because I'm a nurse and have this experience, I have been given so much confidence about how to take care of my kids and it is really so much stress and anxiety from me but I get phone calls and text messages every week from friends and, and family that need my help because they don't have that same education and about a year ago on in my within my community my son Jack choked on a hard peppermint candy and truly would have lost his life if I wouldn't have known what to do with his mother to get that out. And I went home and I recorded a video to help all the moms know what to do if their child chokes. And the response from that was seriously insane, just mind blowing to me and my husband. We were like, whoa, moms really need this kind of information. They need this help. They do have the same worry and anxiety that I do, you know, and they need help. And so that's kind of why I started dedicating my time into helping my community with, with, with health related problems with their kids. What, what to do if your kid hits their head? What to do if they have a fever? What to do if they have a seizure? How to handle all of these things? And it just, just wasn't, it just, even though it was great, it just still wasn't enough. I couldn't get to all my direct messages and to all of the comments. And I just knew I needed to create something more where I could just give everything I've got into a course so that moms could just have the course for the rest of their life, always have access to it, to when they need help, they don't have to turn to Google sites and mommy blogs with so much information. This is just, all in one place and it, it is just like my my it's my fifth baby. <laughs> it's my fifth baby. <laughs> and now it's available to everybody and it just like warms my heart. I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to do this for people.
2: And it really is for all moms and all caregivers. And I know as someone who takes date nights very seriously, we had your babysitter PDF printed right away. So it's on our refrigerator. Um, uh, (laughs) So just all the information you pull into it, just the capabilities that you have and that you brought and the research that you brought to the table. Just thank you. Thank you so much for creating this. Oh, of
0: course. It's just seriously such an honor to be able to Help moms, help other moms with all of this stuff that we're missing out on.
1: Yeah, and I will say it is sometimes surprising to me that people don't have these skills and no judgment at all. Um, But I was at a lake day with a friend and her little one, and her mother-in-law brought out snacks for our kids. And I observed a couple things. Number one, I could just tell immediately that my friend wasn't comfortable with the cracker that her daughter was eating. Like you could just tell, our kids were the same age and mine was chowing them down, but I could just tell that she hadn't given her child such a hard cracker um, in the past. So number one, I could feel her mother intuition going off, but I could tell she did not want to like offend her mother-in-law. And then number two, her daughter started choking and she literally just started screaming for her husband who is a physician. But in my mind, I'm like, you have to be able to flip that girl over and start taking care of her situation without having to depend on someone else. So I am so thankful that you made a resource that you're going to be teaching people how to do that. That is so, so important. But to go back to that first part, can you talk about how to cultivate and listen to your mom intuition? Because I think the whole thing could have been avoided if she would have like, just went with how she was feeling and said, I don't think she's quite ready for those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's the thing in, that's the thing in motherhood is there is no, there is no right way for every child, which is why there's no handbook. Like it just doesn't exist because every mom is gifted. These children that are perfect for them, that they are able to make decisions for because they are the best mom for those babies and intuition alongside some education is the greatest gift we can give ourselves and our children. I truly believe it is like a gift from God is that intuition. And so following that, because no other person, mom, teacher, doctor is nearly as smart as that gift of intuition that you have been given. And so following that always, you know, there's been so many times in my life just last week we were at a surf shop we were all looking inside and I knew my other kids were with this other mom across the street but I was in the surf shop I was talking to a dad a, um, he's not a dad he's a friend of ours who's was not a dad yet and I was like oh crap I think Andy's gonna cross the street and I walk outside the surf shop and Andy's at the other side of the street this is my four-year-old at the other side of the street ready to cross and he was like what just happened what just happened How did you know, like there was walls. How did you know that she was about to cross the street? And it just was like, again, like, oh, it was just that little prompting, that like little intuition that I needed to go look outside. But if I wouldn't have followed that, my sister called me last week and she goes, I just about ran over my son. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, I saw him run up there. I saw him run up the stairs to the grandma's house. I was putting in my baby in the back seat. I went and got back in the driver's seat and I started to pull backwards. And then I just thought, oh, I feel like something's behind me. And she got out of the car and went back to, and her son was on his bike right behind her, a foot behind the car. And she said, I didn't see him, you know, but like, Oh, it just gives me chills all over my body because she just followed that. She just knew that something was behind her car. She stopped her car, went out and avoided just a tragic experience. So whatever it is, if it is a cracker that you're, you know, that you don't feel comfortable feeding your child, then don't do that. But I think part of following your intuition is having education. If you truly, truly know, you know, the foods that you shouldn't and should and should feed your young child, the, the things that they can have in their mouth, the things that they can't and exactly what to do to help them if something goes wrong. It just brings you so much comfort, trusting your intuition and your education kind of combined.
2: Well, thank you. And I honestly wouldn't have had a lot of that intuition or just the confidence to trust my intuition until going through your course. So thank you. We're all really excited about this endeavor. Like, honestly, we're so excited about this. And I know that it takes, uh, Shannon, I know it takes a lot to get a business off the ground. And I know you spoke about your husband, Ryan's support in all of this. So how has he shown up for you? And how have you gotten this enormous project just started in the first place?
0: Oh, my goodness. He has been the day. Oh, just like I see I'm like stuttering I can't even formulate the words to, for my like gratitude in my heart for him he has just shown up he has watched the kids while I have worked he he works a full-time job during the day and then he works pretty much for me at night editing videos and kind of being that creative person with me and we truly have built this together I would this is not this is not my course this is ours and this is you know, experience from everything that we've ventured together. And luckily, he has so many skills that I don't have. And so he's been able to use those skills of editing videos and kind of the behind the scenes work, working the website and things like that. And I've just kind of more been the voice and the face helping give this information. But without him, this would not exist. He has been such a huge support to me.
1: Well, let's stay on the subject of him then for a minute. Ryan is a whole character. He's a whole mood on your Instagram. I'm here for it. I love that he is just so supportive of you. Um, How have you two managed to keep your marriage strong? Because you guys have all of this going on, a huge move, and four children, which is a lot on a marriage. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. We have, we have definitely had challenges like every other marriage in America. I don't think anything is always rainbows and butterflies and you put in four children in the mix and it's a whole new dynamic. So for Ryan and I, it has been actually brought us a lot closer being out here by on our own in Hawaii. We have gotten closer than really we've ever been in our 10 years of marriage or 11 years of marriage because we have learned what it means to truly rely on each other and lean on each other. There's no more, you know, he's going off to work. He'll be back at five 30 at night. And then I hurry and fix dinner. We get the kids to bed. It's kind of like an argument about who puts who to bed. And then by the end of the night, we're both so exhausted. Maybe we give each other 30 minutes of time and then we go to bed and we do it all over again. The next day out here, we are literally, he works from home. I work from home. He helps me with the house chores. He helps me with the kids. I do some, he does some, and we're just really, it's just really a team effort. And we have the choice to either turn towards each other and get closer or turn away from each other and get frustrated, but it's just not worth it. Everything is always okay if your partnership is good. And that is one thing that he has taught me because motherhood comes way easier to me than being a wife does. And it's opposite for him. He's a really, really good husband. And so I think we make a good team. I kind of keep our children in, you know, the priority and he keeps him and I in priority. And we just, we just, as long as we're okay, everything else is okay. And it's been really, really cool to kind of see our connection grow, just being on our own out here.
2: What a good way of putting it too. And you just both know each other so well and know each other's strengths so well. So I think that definitely helps. But what challenges have come up for you guys in your marriage? All of us who are in a long-term relationship understand that there are seasons that are hard to navigate, seasons that are easier. But what challenges do you guys have right now?
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because I think that we do. We are all in different seasons. When I'm up with a newborn baby, I'm tired. And when he has a new job and he's stressed out at work and you know we all go through different seasons but right now i would say we're in a really really good spot we our connection is strong and our children are all really in a really good pretty manageable stage right now but there's still challenges and the challenges come from truly just always like putting each other first sometimes we get so i get so wound up in different things like i really want to be there for my my children and my community online. And sometimes I wake up and those are the two things that I think about. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, what did I do for my husband today? You know, the poor guy, like, did he even eat? Like, sometimes I feel like I don't show up for him. And then he needs that from me. And so then we kind of like have this little disconnect and we have to kind of work back around it. And so, of course, there's always challenges. There's challenges with every season, but truly he has taught me to always put your relationship first and then everything else falls into place. And that's the greatest advice I could ever give because it's true. When your relationship's okay, everything else is okay.
1: So now that you guys are in a good spot, it's a good time to um, add another little one, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I want another baby.
1: I saw that, and I'm like, they're going to keep going. They are, like, the most incredible. Like, does it get easier as you go, or what's happening over there?
0: Yes. Yes, you guys. For anyone within the sound of my voice, I would say that the hardest part of my motherhood was when I had two small babies, and I was pregnant with my third. Like, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was just tired. They needed me at a three- and a one-year-old, and I was getting pregnant with my third, and I was sick. Like if there's anybody in that situation, give me your address. and I'm going to send you flowers. I thought it was such a hard phase of motherhood. Now my kids, I truly wake up and my eight year old, like they make their bed, they get dressed, they brush their teeth. They can literally fix themselves. Pancakes. They entertain themselves. They play together. Like it is, it is just a really good spot right now. And I know I'm, they're going to get older and then we're going to need a new phase of challenge. But for right now, you guys, it gets, it really, truly does get easier. Your, your, your oldest child grows up and you're like, oh, that's how people have more kids because your older ones become more independent and just lots easier to manage.
2: And Shannon, I'll take those flowers because I have a, <laughs> Are I, have you a there? I have a three-year-old, a two-year-old and I'm 13 weeks pregnant. Oh, oh you're there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And I'm so sick. And look at you. Oh, I'm so sick, Shannon. And I think about days where I'm like, I'm so tired right now and I only have two children. How in the world am I going to do this with yes. three kids? Like yes. the sleep exhaustion is so real in those newborn weeks. And I know that I'm not even close to being there right now just by being so sick. Totally. I feel like I am, but oh, thank you. I'll take those flowers. Please. You know what?
0: And something, something I'm sending you flowers and something magical happens when you have that third baby. The third baby ended up being one of my favorites because your older two kind of like start to turn to each other and be like, oh, maybe me and you need to kind of figure this out now. And it's just a beautiful thing to watch your kids start to make relationships and become helpful and learn how to serve mom when she needs help. And it can be really, really cool, but man, I have been there. It is tiring, exhausting, and for sure one of the difficult parts of motherhood in my skin.
1: Definitely. Um, and so, last question, Shannon, I really want to turn it back to you. It feels like you're a superwoman. I mean, I'm being serious. You're homeschooling, you're launching a business, you're mom to four, thinking of adding more. Seriously, how are you doing all this? It seems like you're always showing up with this huge, bright smile amongst the chaos.
0: Oh, man, a couple of things come to mind is don't ever like anybody who ever sees don't ever think that anybody online has it just all together and they're always happy and they're always perfect and they always, you know, just are running the world because there are challenges in my life and everyone else's life that I'm facing just like you. I'm as normal as they come. I am definitely not superwoman. But I do I have um I feel like I have the one thing I have going for myself is I have prioritized God and my husband above all else and my family, being a mom. And I think that when you do that and you're like I know there may or may not be religious people listening to this, but it's just my truth is like when you, I don't think motherhood or a relationship with a spouse or anything should ever be done alone. I think that we all have gifts and missions to do on this earth and like purposes we need to fulfill. And it's all in a relationship with the person who made us in the first place. And keeping that, a priority and leaning on those people that are very closest to you for support and for love and finding those missions and purposes and just fulfilling them with all the world that they can be done in a partnership with your spouse and with God. It's just, it's just something, and it's not always the right time. I've wanted to do stuff like this for years now, and I've not been able to do it up until this point. And so making those things in your life a priority and then everything else really just gets onto a place It might not, it's at the right time, but it eventually does, and it all works out. But that's really sweet of you to say. I'm really, I'm really just very normal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I love how you said that, though, because it's not always the right time for something, and sometimes, as moms, as women, we can feel that like our plate is too full for anything else. And again, it goes back to listening to that because. You know, when we're overstretched, we can't be our best selves in any of these rules. And I know I said one last question, but I wanted to just ask you, is there one last message that you would leave to our listeners who are women and who are moms and who are wives?
0: Yeah. And I like uh, my voice could get shaky and tearful just talking about this, but just going off that last part, like, I feel like. The gift we are given to be mothers and women on this in this world is just the most beautiful calling there is. And so if you're at home feeling like you're drowning in laundry and the dishes and you can't give your children the energy and the time that they need and you're like, how is another person doing all of this? You know, don't sell yourself short. The biggest, most, magnificent role and thing that we can do in this life is to mother our children. And if you have goals and dreams, like keep them, keep them in your pocket. Don't give them up because you are more than just a mother. You have more purpose than just being a mother, but being a mother is, or being a woman in whatever, whatever capacity that looks like is truly the highest calling that we could ever have. So have so much confidence in yourself and, Be so proud of yourself for being in that role because it truly is the hardest job there is. I've worked so many night shifts, being up all night, literally saving children's lives, doing CPR, watching moms lose their babies, and nothing, nothing in the world is as challenging as being within the walls of your own home. And making those decisions and being there like you want to be for your children. So I hope whoever's listening to this feels so proud of yourself because you're doing a great job.
2: I'm tearing up over here. Just your words are so validating. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that message. And Shannon, can you tell everyone where they can find you and please plug your course and also the special code that you have for our listeners?
0: Oh, you guys are the best. So I truly believe that this course can your whole perspective and your life in being a mom. So know her over at Shantrip, S-H-A-N-T-R-I-P-P on Instagram. I will always be giving out free information. That will never stop. I love serving my community and helping you guys feel more confident and ease at taking care of your sick babies at home. But I also want you to have this education so that you guys can feel empowered to make Safe, educated decisions instead of fear based decisions when you are dealing with your sick babies or having to handle emergencies at home. So, you can find my course on my website at shantrip.com and all of it's there, super easy to navigate. And I will be, um, well, why don't you guys make the code? You guys want to make the code and we can share the code and I'll, I'll put it in special for your readers and I'll make sure that they do get the lowest
2: discount price that we have. Awesome. It'll just be herself at the checkout then. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. And thank you, guys. That's well, <laughs> like honor and pleasure. Well, thank you again so much. And honestly, guys, for anybody out there who is trying to navigate the healthcare system or just doesn't feel super confident with anything from respiratory conditions to What do you do if your kid hits their head all the way into the more serious stuff like seizures? If you're not feeling confident, this course definitely will give you that edge just on knowing what to do and also on knowing when to call a medical professional. So thank you for creating that and thank you for being on the podcast with us today.
0: Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it.